Hello everyone, welcome to the Undisputed Future Podcast. I am C.D. Danny Mac, joining you once again. Special thanks to everybody who listened to C.D.'s solo shoot, the most recent segment to come and be a part of the podcast. I talk Oscar's debut, Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown Live, and of course, what is going on with Neville and where I think he could be better utilized in the landscape of the WWE. But I'm back to discuss the Wednesday, October 25th edition of NXT and the last qualifier for the NXT Women's Championship and that Battle Royal taking place. But the show kicked off with a big announcement from William Regal saying that due to the circumstances surrounding Nikki Cross, that she will be getting an opportunity to enter tonight's Battle Royal due to her confrontation with Tynera Conti and the Undisputed Era in that match a couple weeks ago, costing her a win in that triple threat. So that match was announced, that entrance into that match was announced, as well as a tag team championship rematch between Sanity and the Authors of Pain. Now, Authors of Pain and Sanity will collide with no outside interference from the other members of Sanity. If you remember correctly, at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, Eric Young and Alexander Wolf were the duo to win the tag team titles. Will this still take place, or will they utilize the Freebird rule to possibly get a combination of Eric Young and the Beast of Belfast, Killian Dane, or will Eric Young stand aside in the back as the mastermind and send Wolf and Dane out to battle for him? A lot to take place in that one. Again, the NXT Tag Team Championship rematch from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Authors of Pain take on Sanity for those titles in just two weeks. But kicking things off on NXT is another tag team that I never thought I would see. Oni Lorcan joined forces with his friendly rival and savior from Lars Sullivan, Danny Burch, to take on the big-time athletes Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. This Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch alliance has been something I've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for since their two-match series against each other. I was hoping to get a third match out of it, but the sooner we get an alliance between these two, the better in my book, but still waiting out that third match, possibly down the line. But this alliance seems to be getting along. It's a team that I've been looking forward to, especially since that Lars Sullivan save from Danny Birch. Danny Birch going out there to attempt to redeem his now friend, but unfortunately not at the expense of Lars Sullivan. Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch joining together to take on Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss working their way up through the ranks of the NXT Tag Team Division as big-time heels. Each man currently holds a loss against Johnny Gargano in singles action, so a lot to rebound from for Moss and Sabatelli. Big-time players, big-time athletes, all about the big bucks and the big money. And also much bigger than their opponents tonight. Sabatelli and Moss, that football player physique, as powerful and as resilient Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan are. Sometimes you just can't combat size. Sabatelli and Moss displaying that numerous occasions, carrying Lorcan and carrying Burch back to their corner, maintaining control on their side of the ring. But it was an anti-Tino crowd. It started to get to him. You could tell just a little bit. But Tino is learning how to use that heat. Learning how to use that everybody 
hates him, and rightfully so. The guy's got a Maserati. The guy's objectively good-looking and in good shape. The guy's a former top NFL draft pick. Tino Sabatelli's got a lot going for him. I'd be jealous, too, and the NXT universe being vocal about it can only add to his career. Riddick Moss, Riddick Moss has hate from me for other reasons. He was one of the injuries to Hideo Itami botching a power slam, so Riddick Moss has been on my list for quite some time now. Shout out to the GOAT Y2J on that one. But Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli, I'll give credit where critic is credit is due. They came together as a team tonight. They used their size, they used their abilities, and they did walk out with a win, but not an easy win. Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch Again, two of the toughest competitors in NXT. I can only see this alliance being a good thing. I really think that the only thing that cost them here is that Tino and Riddick have that tag team experience. They've been in the ring before together. They know tag team wrestling. But if there's one thing Oni Lorcan knows, it's offense. And his hot tag offense, his offense was made for this type of situation. Oni Lorcan coming out like a ball of fire, throwing his body from one corner into the other, doing what he does best, and absolutely throwing himself at the big-time athletes. But Tino and Riddick managing to single out Oni Lorcan, get him up for a gory special and bulldog combination, flat face first, one, two, three, big time win for the big money athletes, Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli. Like I mentioned before, they both have two singles losses against Johnny Gargano in recent weeks. So I think as much as I didn't want it to happen, Tino and Riddick needed this win. It was the tag team experience of those two. They gel together very well. You could tell from the way they come out together, the way they've been even synchronizing their Outfits. I mean, they're really piecing together like a big-time team on NXT. Oni Larkin and Danny Burch seems to be a first-time alliance stepping in the fire of tag team wrestling. And it just didn't didn't piece together quite yet. I'm not going to say they're not gelling as a team because from what I saw, they are. They just got out experience there. Tino and Riddick have been working together for a long time. They come from very similar backgrounds. They know each other's style. It's very hard to combat guys in a tag team matchup that have been gelling for so long and that have been working together as a unit for so long as opposed to coming off being such savage opponents against each other. So Tino and Riddick, if you look at it the grand scheme of things, it does make sense for them to win tonight as much as everybody, well, I could speak for myself on that, has been looking forward to the Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch alliance finally piecing together in tag team wrestling. A big win for Sabatelli and Moss, unfortunately at the expense of an alliance we've been waiting to see, but I'm just happy it exists and that they have a tag team matchup underneath their belts. From tag team action to women's action, we move on to the 16 women qualifying battle royal for the fatal four-way to determine a new NXT Women's Champion at NXT TakeOver Houston. It was a battle royal to determine who will be joining Mae Young Classic winner Kyrie Sane, one half of the iconic duo Peyton Royce, and the war goddess Ember Moon in the fatal four-way match. One spot being left again, and like I mentioned before, Nikki Cross, due to circumstances brought by Tynera Conti and the Undisputed Era, would be getting another qualifying opportunity in this battle royal. Tynera Conti, brought out by the Undisputed Era, would break up the sure-to-be-a-victorious three-count 
two weeks ago in her NXT Women's Championship qualifying triple threat match. Tynara Conti would lead Nikki Cross into a spinning wheel kick by Peyton Royce and eventually the Fisherman Suplex that would seal the victory for Peyton Royce. Nikki Cross getting another opportunity in this battle royal and she took the opportunity to come swinging right at Tynara Conti. Tynara Conti, the first to be eliminated in this battle royal with a series of eliminations by Nikki Cross, but Nikki Cross would be dragged to the outside and beat down by Conti and left out for a for a little while in this battle royal. Now, of course, battle royal rules, you have to be eliminated over the top rope, so Nikki Cross was just laid out and not eliminated at this time. But there were a few other eliminations that were interesting. Rhea Ripley and Zeta in a, involved in quite the interesting elimination to former Mae Young Classics there. Also, another shout-out to Zeta for liking Sour Candy and liking my tweets about her appreciating Sour Candy. I believe it was Warheads. Big fan of Sour Warheads. Anyway, back to the in-ring action. Rhea Ripley and Zeta would get eliminated, and Cross would bounce back in a big way on all the other competitors. A huge off-the-top rope crossbody would bring her right back into the fray and the chaos of this battle royal. And if we know anything from Sanity, it's that they worship and that they thrive in chaos. Nikki Cross with a huge crossbody, followed by four Big eliminations, including my personal favorite, Abby Lath, and unfortunately my pick, not moving on to NXT TakeOver Houston. A few good eliminations there. Bianca Belair able to demonstrate her power in this matchup, eliminating another May Young Classic favorite of mine, Candice LeRae, Mrs. Johnny Gargano. Bianca Belair, Billy Kay, Nikki Cross, and Mercedes Martinez, another standout from the Mae Young Classic, would round out the top four, the surviving four in this battle royal. Nikki Cross able to stick things out, but it was not easy. Bianca Belair almost got her ponytail ripped out by Billy Kay after a close elimination by the powerful EST of NXT. Uh, Percy Watson tried explaining what that means. Nigel McGuinness tried to follow along. I tried to follow along as well. Did not get a full definition of EST, but we know that Bianca Blair brings the business and that she's very, very strong, and she looked very, very good in this matchup. But Billy Kay keeping herself alive at the expense of Bianca Belair's huge ponytail, which she would eventually strike back and use as offense. A hair whipping Billy Kay's body would echo all through Full Sail. And if you haven't seen Bianca Belair in action, I really recommend it. It's one of the most unique things I've ever seen in women's wrestling. But Bianca Belair and Mercedes Martinez would be the two eliminated first in the Final Four. Billy Kay going for a big boot to Nikki Cross on the outside, gets her leg caught. Nikki Cross almost with a dragon screw-like maneuver, immobilizing Billy Kay's leg and eliminating the taller Billy Kay. And Nikki Cross is moving on to Houston. Now that fatal four-way has some of the top talents in NXT right now. You have Ember Moon, former NXT Women's Championship competitor, Nikki Cross and Peyton Royce also former contenders. You remember that fatal four-way that the iconic duo Nikki Cross and Asuka were involved in at a few takeovers ago. And now you got Kyrie Sane, 
the winner and the fan favorite of the Mae Young Classic tournament. I think these are going to be the top four pioneering women for this division right now and for things to come. I think any four of these women would make a great NXT champion. I think the fatal four-way rules of no disqualification shift the favor in Peyton Royce with Billy Kay's interference or Nikki Cross, who thrives and will do absolutely anything and use anything and fight you anywhere in the arena to eliminate you or put you out of the action and do anything that she can to secure a victory and that NXT Women's Championship. Again, rounding out the Fatal 4-Way, Nikki Cross winning this Battle Royal will face Kyrie Sane, Peyton Royce, and Ember Moon in a Fatal 4-Way for the vacant NXT Women's Championship at NXT TakeOver Houston. We know the contenders for the NXT Women's Championship, but Drew McIntyre's NXT Championship is very contended for, at the moment, by guys like Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, and most recently throwing his hat into the mix, well, you had somebody throwing his hat into the mix for him, is Andrade Cien Almas. Zelina Vega interfering in an interview for Drew McIntyre on his way out of the WWE Performance Center, off to a media tour for NXT, and Zelina Vega asking why the contract has not been sent for an NXT title opportunity to Andrade Cien Almas. And McIntyre made it quite simple. McIntyre says if Almas wants a match, then he will have to confront him face-to-face, just like the aforementioned Roderick Strong did. Roderick Strong called out McIntyre like a man, and that's what made Drew respect him. Almas, not respected by McIntyre. McIntyre sees that he's sending out his business associate, not taking business and championship matters into his own hands. I don't think that's the impression you want to make on McIntyre, who's doing anything he can do to hold on to that championship whilst taking on any competitor at any time, as long as they challenge for it. Now, Zelina Vega demanding a face-to-face interaction between McIntyre and Andrade Cien Almas. Actually, scrolling through my phone a little while ago on the uh, on my Facebook feed, I saw WWE's NXT official page post a message from Commissioner Regal, General Manager Regal, the guy in charge of NXT. William Regal declares that NXT Championship will be decided between Andrade Cien Almas and Drew McIntyre due to Andrade Cien Almas' most recent couple of wins. He has a 2-0 record against Johnny Gargano, dating back to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, and tonight's main event, he was able to conquer Roderick Strong. I'm still going to cover the match, but Andrade Cien Almas and Drew McIntyre will be signing a contract next week in a face-to-face interaction for the NXT Championship match, also at NXT TakeOver Houston. But before that big NXT main event between Roderick Strong and Andrade Cien Almas, I thought we were going to see the Dutch Destroyer, Aleister Black, in action once again at Full Sail, but unfortunately jumped by the Velveteen Dream during his entrance, and Velveteen Dream unleashing the most amount of aggression I have seen from him since his NXT debut. Absolutely laying out Aleister Black on the outside of the ring, beating him down, throwing him into the stairs, and it got worse from there. Aleister Black tossed into the ring by Patrick Clark, the Velveteen Dream, and tying him up between the first and middle ropes. Aleister Black then being screamed at by 
dream to say his name, say my name, say my name, followed by a slap. Velveteen Dream making Aleister Black look the most vulnerable we have seen him on NXT television. But Aleister Black would not be in a vulnerable position for long. Velveteen Dream rebounding off the ropes in hopes of a huge strike. Black would break free and try striking out with that black mass, but good reflexes on Velveteen Dream, the first superstar, managed to avoid the black mass spinning wheel kick. But what an absolutely mental edge this gave Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream becoming Aleister Black's nightmare with this assault. I have not seen Aleister Black in a position like this. A formidable opponent in Velveteen Dream, he demands respect. He demands attention, and right now, he's probably going to get... Something he deserves from Aleister Black. I just don't think it's going to come in the form of any plugs on social media or any recognition or any handshakes. I really think it's just going to be a kick across his jaw. I'm really hoping this match gets locked in for NXT TakeOver Houston. I think it will be huge for Velveteen Dream to finally get a TakeOver match. Aleister Black delivering in his last TakeOver match against Hideo Itami. This rivalry has absolutely taken off way better than expected. Um... I mentioned it before. Nick mentioned it. It's a yin and yang rivalry. You got the over-the-top flamboyance of Velveteen Dream clashing with the dark and brooding style of Aleister Black. It's interesting. It's a very good rivalry outside of the NXT title scene. I can't wait to see where it goes. I really hope the match is made official for Houston. Aleister Black just missing a black mask kick on a very opportunistic Velveteen Dream. Alright, I know I preach on myself as a spoiler-free zone, and I did give away the main event's ending to announce the NXT Championship match for War Games, but I'm still going to cover this big match between Andrade Cien Almas and Roderick Strong. It did have NXT title stakes surrounding it, and I have to talk about it mostly because of the ending and the post-match antics. But the match for itself, I mean, Almas and Strong, two incredibly world-traveled athletes, two of the greatest to come out of scenes like Japan and Mexico and Ring of Honor, respectively. Uh, Great match. Uh, You really can't say much about it. It was high-octane from the start. It was fast-paced. There were a few maneuvers happening on the apron. A... uh, a curtain call-like maneuver from Andrade Cien Almas, the knee to the sweeping backbreaker on the apron, and Roderick Strong with a big back suplex, the messiah of the backbreaker, dropping Almas on the apron. Now, Almas would secure the victory in this one through absolutely strange means, and not means we have seen before. We've seen Zelina Vega aid Almas in into victories before, but it was mostly due to mental or outside distractions, vocally or aesthetically, seen by the DIY t-shirt, throwing it in at Johnny Gargano at TakeOver 3, showing the DIY t-shirt to him in their rematch a couple weeks ago, but this time it was Zelina Vega getting involved physically. This match would pour out to the outside and right before a countout, Andrade Cien Almas managing to get back into the ring, and Zelina Vega making her way onto the ring apron. From the ring apron, she would launch off into a Hurricane Rana, launching Roderick Strong into the steel steps, and laying Roderick Strong out 
and absolutely loopy. Now, Roderick Strong would try and bounce back. He crawled himself back into the ring, but Andrade Cien Almas would hit the nail in the coffin. That hammerlock DDT dropping Strong on his head. One, two, three, and Almas's ticket to Houston was all but written right then and there. Zelina Vega... Zelina Vega getting in, getting herself involved physically, definitely a change from what we've seen. The business associate getting physical, not something I expected. I definitely didn't expect the level of athleticism that she displayed. It was a really nice looking Hurricane Rana, and the precision to throw strong into the steps spoke for itself with the results. Almas will be the number one contender for the NXT Championship, according to William Regal and a WWE.com exclusive video. I found it on the WWE NXT official Facebook page. I'm sure it's up on Twitter and all of the other sources. Now, Zelina Vega from there made her way back up the entrance ramp and hijacked Mauro Ronaldo's headset and called out McIntyre for a contract signing next week. We are getting that segment but we're getting a lot of uncertainty and some guesswork to do as well. Roderick Strong would be laid out in the ring and left there on his own after these words from Zelina Vega. Upon hearing that, we heard shock the system. Shocking the system and coming out was the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole, baby. Three big-time talents in Ring of Honor, the formerly known by me, Stable of Dishonor, shout out to Nikki Six on that one, I know you're listening, coining that term, but the Undisputed Era trying to recruit Roderick Strong, I mentioned the silent video that happened outside of the WWE Performance Center, and we couldn't make out anything, we couldn't make out exact words, but Roderick Strong seeming to deny the recruitment attempt by Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly. This time, they did it in the ring. Adam Cole preaching to Roderick Strong, you are not a loser, you need to join us, and you will be undisputed. Roderick Strong not outright throwing away any opportunity, not right verbally trashing Adam Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly, but Roderick Strong sheepishly, I guess is the best way I could phrase it, accepting a armband from Adam Cole, and Adam Cole merely saying, think about it. And I really do think Roderick Strong is thinking about it. I think that he knows the relationship that they have had in the past. The Ring of Honor brethren can be reunited once again and really launch a hostile takeover of NXT like Undisputed Era has been trying to do. We see them interfering with sanity in the women's division. We see the chaos clashes with them on the outside and all over the place just last week. They want backup. They want a guy who has the time in NXT and the experience and who knows the landscape like Roderick Strong. It's almost like having an inner an inner spy. We know how good William Regal and Roderick Strong's relationship has been on a professional authority figure to competitor sense. Uh, and I think that can do really good things for Adam Cole, having somebody who's good with the management on his side. Somebody to keep that middle piece between the authority and this takeover from Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. So I think this story can go anywhere. Do I personally want to see Roderick Strong turn his back on the system that brought him up in NXT? 
No, I don't want to see that form of retaliation in Roderick Strong, but I don't think it's out of the question. Adam Cole is definitely making a convincing case for Roderick Strong, especially considering this losing streak that Strong has unfortunately been on. Strong unlucky in two NXT Championship opportunities with Drew McIntyre and Bobby Roode. Strong needs to shake things up. I don't know if he needs to regroup or not. I know he hasn't lost focus on what he's fighting for. He says it all the time. It's Roddy and his family versus the world, but who will his family extend out to? Will it extend to his Ring of Honor brothers? Lots of things picking up on the road to NXT TakeOver War Games, but that's going to do it for me on episode 29 of the Undisputed Future podcast. This is covering the October 25th edition of NXT, rounding things out. Fatal 4-Way in Houston for the NXT Women's Championship. Nikki Cross joins Kyrie Sane, Peyton Royce, and Ember Moon for the vacant NXT Women's Championship. We'll see an NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 rematch for the Tag Team Championships with no outside interference allowed by Sanity when they take on the Authors of Pain. Will Alexander Wolfe and Eric Young defend the titles? Will the Beast of Belfast be part of the defending team? What combination of Sanity will take on the Authors of Pain? I really don't think it matters which two members. I know it will be a great match. Once again, I am CD Danny Mac at the Undisputed Future Podcast. Follow the Twitter at podcast underscore UF at Undisputed Future Podcast. All one word is the Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Continue listening to me on the main sources of SoundCloud and iTunes. A special thanks to anybody who's followed me recently. The Twitter recently broke 200 followers. It feels amazing. Thank you for chatting with me throughout the week. Um, Team Red, Team Blue, Team NXT. Let me get your Survivor Series predictions as well. I hope you get a chance to tune in to the newest segment, CD's Solo Shoots. And stay tuned with me. I'll be keeping up any WWE and especially NXT discussion as the weeks go by. I'm on my way to episode 30. We're on the road to NXT TakeOver War Games, and I wouldn't be talking about anything else. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week.